welcome back to For the Souls podcast where we talk about shit that actually matters. Today is a big day because it is the day that I'm going to move all of my podcast equipment into a new studio that I'm going to be at. And what does this mean? This means that I get to interview all kinds of people. The reason why I've only stuck to family and friends so far on the podcast is because I do my podcast from my home. Y'all know I don't trust nobody. So I have been I have been very skeptical about having people in my home and knowing where I live. I know I'm a super open book online, but I'm actually really low key, like with personal shit, you know, like locations and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Because you just never know. There's a whole bunch of crazies out there. Um, so that is super exciting. I'm really excited for this next phase of life and the podcast and just being able to see where I can take it to and new heights that I can reach and more awesome people that I can interview that could give you guys testimony and substance. That being said, you guys, you guys' donations truly go a long way and really help this podcast flourish. I've had quite a few new followers ask me, the ways in which they can donate or where they can support the podcast. As always, you guys sharing, liking, sending, commenting really goes a long way. Subscribing to my YouTube goes a long way, but also donations really help the quality of the podcast improve. It helps me with any kind of hosting of guests. I know I have a few people that reach out to me that are like big timers from LA that want to fly out here, which I'm like humbled that You know, I I consider myself a small fish, you know what I'm saying? But I'm humbled that like big time and fish want to do y'all a solid and come on my show. So that would help with any expenses that I inquire with, you know, just hosting new guests and, and new stories for you guys. So if you feel it in your heart to donate and contribute to the podcast and the progression of the podcast, you can always Venmo me or cash at me. I will link them somewhere here in the video. And also it will be in the description box if you are listening on a podcast platform and not video format. That being said, you guys, let's get into today's topic. So many of you know who follow me on Instagram or my socials. I have decided to read the Bible front to back. The Bible that I have, um, it's called the MacArthur Study Bible, which I highly recommend because at the bottom of each page, it kind of gives you like highlights of like the most predominant things that you'll read in that chapter and kind of just gives you a breakdown of like what the meaning was behind what you're reading and just helps you better understand what it is you're reading because I know that like the regular bible sometimes reading it is kind of difficult to actually digest everything that you're reading you know what I'm saying so I highly recommend the MacArthur bible um shout out my mom who got me that but I was reading a chapter in the bible and I can't remember the exact chapter but I do remember what it was about so It was pretty much talking about how God burnt a city down because of the evil wickedness of the thoughts of the people in the city. And I mean, there was a few righteous people, but overall, the city was just consumed with the filthy thoughts and the sinful thoughts of the people living in that city. So much so that God said, I need to destroy this city. In reading that, I was really like, shit you know well actually there's a lot of times the bible has me be like shit this is some juicy cheese man right here this is like a fucking novella you know what i'm saying but in particularly reading this chapter right it really made me sit back and think about wow god destroyed a city because of the evilness of their thoughts not their actions not their their physical sin their thoughts 
And it made me think, how often are we not aware of the sinful thinking that we are engaging in? And I know that I have fallen short as well in terms of my sinful thinking. And it's been one thing in my journey of, of you know, reconnecting and reestablishing my faith to really be disciplined in my thoughts and to be disciplined in what it is I'm thinking and what my intentions are behind what it is that I'm thinking. And it's been hard, right? And I'll give you guys an an example that's on the lighter side. So I used to really, really, really judge sex work. Like I used to really just judge women that do sex work. And I judged it because I could never understand how a woman could do that, right? Because my morals just do not align with ever objectifying my body in that way. And on my journey of wanting to grow and elevate as a person, that was actually one of the biggest things that I told myself that I no longer want to do. I want to rid myself of this judgmental way of, of viewing people who live a life in which I don't agree with. And it was one of the hardest ones for me personally to work on. One of the ways in which that I tried to work on it Uh, work on my judgment when it came to sex work was actually talking to sex workers and hearing their story and hearing their testimony and trying to understand from a psychological level why it is that they chose to pursue this lifestyle that I highly do not agree with right now the reasons why I don't agree with it is because I do believe in the sacredness of our bodies I do believe in energetic exchange I do believe that when you allow so many people to have access to you spiritually they are weighing you down because you do not know the the spiritual warfare that everyone has that you are allowing to have access to your body and I do view our bodies as a temple and not only that on a bigger spectrum um there's there's one percenters and there's 99 percenters right we see the one percent of sex work on social media which is the women that glorify it the women that make it seem like it's a lavish lifestyle right but the other 99 percent of sex workers is actually very detrimental to their overall emotional mental spiritual health they are very depressed for the most part it's a very taxing job um it really just destroys one's spirit and that is always something that i've i've never wanted to glorify on my platform is something that is destructive to the next generation. So a lot of my judgment of sex work came from the fact that I do believe that we should have a responsibility as women, as people to influence the next generations to be better than ourselves. And one of my biggest judgments of sex workers especially the one percenters on social media is how much they glamorize that lifestyle and how much they're feeding a false reality to young women that look up to these women because they don't have guidance from their homes or because they don't have parents that are involved and how much these young ladies are growing up and thinking that that lifestyle is easy when in reality not too many are built for that lifestyle so I had to come to terms with the fact that that was the foundation of why I was judging sex workers so much. And I chose to be gracious with people who live a life that I do not understand. And I understood that my thoughts were being so judgmental to these women without actually understanding their story. And 
I told myself, okay, Amy, that's going to be one thing that you're going to work on. You're going to work on your judgmental thoughts when you see something or hear something that you don't agree with or don't align with or don't like, right? And I found myself being in so many situations where I would be thinking a judgmental thought and then I'd have to be like, oh, no, stop. Show grace. You don't want to be that judgmental person. You don't want to sit here like you're on a high horse with your nose in the air. Humble yourself, girl, because we all have a life story and we all are surviving. Now, we may not all survive the, the right way or the same way. Who's to say what is right and what is wrong in terms of survival if the Lord is using everyone individually for their own purpose? We may not understand someone else's purpose. Therefore, we may not understand why they sin the way that they sin. Therefore, we are passing judgment on the way God is working in this person's life through their sin that they commit. And we think that we're on some kind of moral high ground because we sin differently and the way the Lord is using our sin is different than the way they're using their sin. And somehow we think that, oh, because my sin is lesser, or my sin isn't this kind of sin. I'm on a I'm on a better path and I have this entitlement to judge you for the sin that you are committing. And I, I realized this. I realized that the Lord works in biblically. He's worked through prostitutes. He's worked through thieves. He's worked through murderers. He's worked through every kind of person and every kind of sin. So who am I to sit here and judge a sex worker for what they do because I don't agree with it and I would sin differently? I'm nobody to do that, right? Because I don't know how the Lord is working in their lives. I don't know if that prostitute is going to get saved and then go back and, and start preaching at churches to the young generation everything that they learned and what they lived through. I don't know the purpose of that person. So who am I to judge? Right? So I started looking at it through that lens and that really helped me strike myself of this judgmental mentality that I had normalized within myself. And, um, and it takes a lot of work, right? But also on another level, when I was thinking about how our, Thoughts can be sinful and evil in nature. And I thought about it from a relationship perspective. How many times do we feed disconnect in our relationship because our needs are not getting met and therefore we start engaging in sinful thoughts that unconsciously are breeding disconnect in our relationships? And I'll give you an example. Years ago, and I don't even think I've ever talked about this with Marco, but I know I talked about it with my mom. But years ago, Marco and I were going through a really, really, really rough patch in our relationship. And I was having a conversation with my mom and I told my mom, like, mom, I've realized that when Marco is falling short of his duties as a partner and meeting the needs I need for him to meet, you know, for me as a woman and his lady and the mother of his children, I find that my eye tends to wander. And my mom was like, what do you mean? I was like, like when he is just doing good and we are on the same page and we are on the same wave, all I see is him. Like I don't notice anybody else. All I see is him. But when we are going through the fucking ringer, I start seeing like, oh, that man is handsome. Oh, this man has qualities that my man doesn't have. Oh, I wish my man would act like this. Or, oh man, why can't, Oh my gosh, excuse my stomach. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but <laughs> the bitch is growling. Um, I just start 
becoming aware of all the shortcomings of my man. And I start becoming way more aware of the qualities that he doesn't have that, that other men have. And I find that I begin to look at these men like, oh, you're handsome. Like, oh my gosh, you know, and these thoughts start popping into my brain. And I told my mom, like, I don't want, I don't want that. Like, even when I was, even when I was going through this patch of, of noticing other men, right. And thinking, oh, this man's handsome or, oh, look at that guy over there. Like, mm. I didn't want to engage in that thinking because one, it fell wrong to my spirit. It felt wrong to the the standard of a woman that I set that I want to be. Because I've always told myself, I'm a ride or die ass bitch. And I know people aren't going to agree with how I say that, you know, because I curse or whatever, but I don't give a fuck. I'm a ride or die. You know what I'm saying? That is a standard that I set for myself as a woman. And I don't want to engage in any type of shit, even my thoughts that make me feel like I'm being less than a ride or die. So I would feel guilty when we would go through rough patches and I would start noticing how handsome other men are. I would feel guilty for having these thoughts because, bitch, you is not being a ride or die thinking that way, right? But on a deeper level, that, that, those thoughts, right? All they do is feed disconnect in my relationship because now all I'm doing is seeing the shortcomings of my man and not seeing all the good things he does. And I wasn't aware of it at the time. I'm speaking in retrospect now, right? Because now that I am out of it and I stay disciplined in in my ride or die-ness and my faithfulness to my relationship, in retrospect, though, I see how in those thoughts in thinking about how, oh man, I'm going through this rough patch with my man and he's not meeting my needs. And so now I'm noticing how handsome other men are, right? I'm unconsciously feeding a disconnect in my relationship because now what I'm doing is training my mind to only see the shortcomings of my partner. And if I can only see the shortcomings in my partner, all I'm doing is making our road to reconciliation so much more harder. I am adding more weight to the load that we are already experiencing through this rough patch we are already having. And I don't think too many people are aware of that. I don't think that men and women both are aware of how detrimental your thoughts can be when you are going through a rough patch in your life in terms of your relationship. Are you feeding disconnect in your relationship because you are going through a rough time and you are telling yourself, my man doesn't do this. My girl doesn't do this. She should be like this. She should be like that. And are you hyper-focusing on these qualities in other people that you wish your partner had? And are you allowing that to plant uh, a seed of disconnect in your heart, a seed of desire in your heart, right? How often do people give in to their desires because it, they manifested it with their thoughts? And I know a lot of religious people have a problem when I say manifestation, but honestly, your thoughts become your reality. How many of us are cultivating a reality that is breeding disconnect in our relationships, breeding disconnect with self, and overall not good for our spiritual well-being. How many of us wake up every day and our, our toddler is crying first thing in the fucking morning, kids are not listening, the house is fucking a mess and chaotic, and you're just like, man, this is a shitty day. And then, lo and behold, the rest of your day turns out to be shitty. And, and it's silly, right? It's silly to think of how simple it is to counteract that because you counteract it with a thought, right? And it's crazy because when I was reading this, I actually learned this in therapy years ago, right? I was 16 years old. I put myself in therapy 
because I was just in this fucking rut in life and I didn't know what else to do. So I personally put myself in therapy at my school. And I remember my therapist told me, she said, Amy, I was really struggling with depression at the time. She goes, Amy, you know, one thing I've noticed about you is that you're always thinking of all the negative thoughts first. And I told her, no, that's just what I'm living through. And she said, no, because you have a good understanding of the other side of that, but you choose to only engage in the negative side. And I was a little taken back because I was like, first of all, bitch, I ain't choosing this shit. This is my life. You know, we get defensive, right? We get defensive when we're getting called out. But she said, how about you start replacing every negative thought that you get with a positive one and see what that does for you? And I was like, okay. And now the, the, the sin of depression in me, right? That seed of depression in me wanted to be like, no, bitch, loathe in your misery because you like it here. You like being miserable, right? But then the warrior in me, the me that likes to get challenged, the me that doesn't like to fail was like, okay, well, let me try. And so I started becoming so much more aware of how negative I actually was being during my depression. How I was actually feeding myself sad songs, feeding myself sad scenarios, thinking about all the wrong in my life, thinking about all the ways people have hurt me. And I was constantly engaging in these thoughts and I was confused as to why I couldn't come out of depression. I was literally making myself sicker and I had no idea that's what I was doing and I was self-medicating with marijuana self-medicating with cocaine with self-medicating with anything that made me feel numb thinking that somehow I'm improving my depression when really I was just putting a band-aid over it and when I was told to replace these negative thoughts with positive ones and I started implementing that for every negative thought that I had, I would literally put the opposite positive one. If I felt I was ugly that day, I would say, no, you're beautiful, even if I didn't believe it. And when I tell you that within four months, I got myself out of depression, kid you not, in just replacing negative a negative thought with a positive one, in four months time, I had, I, and I remember the day vividly. I was at school, I was having a jolly ass time, I was having a good ass day. And then I stopped and thought to myself, oh shit, I cannot remember the last time I was depressed. And I really sat with myself. I was like, wait, I went from like 10 years of depression, severe depression, suicide attempt depression, anxiety attacks, ambulances coming to my house depression. And in four months, I could not remember the last time I had felt depressed. All because I started replacing my negative thoughts with positive thoughts. And I realized then and there the power of our minds, the power of our thoughts, how our thoughts literally create the foundation of ourselves, of the day, of the trajectory of our lives. I've literally applied this in every aspect, right? I used to think I was a victim of my life. My father stepped out on me. My, my stepdad didn't love me. I was raped at 13. I was molested at six years old. 
I'm the black sheep of my family. I I grew up believing I was the victim of my life and I embraced that shit unconsciously. So I always felt like the world was against me. I always looked for the predator in every situation because I always put myself in a position of victimization. And when I chose to say no, I am not a victim of my life. I refuse. I rebuke that thought. I refuse it. I rebuke it. I will not, I will not attach myself to victimhood. I will not. I will be a warrior of my life. When I chose that mentality, guess what? Guess what? I wasn't a, I wasn't a victim no more. Now, one thing that I had gone through in life could affect me the way that it used to. And instead of constantly seeing the predators in every situation, instead of constantly seeing the microaggressions of everybody, I actually started seeing the goodness in people. I started seeing the good people, the people that are honorable, the people that are honest, the people that are sincere. And not only that, I started getting more people placed into my life that were positive, that were loving, that were kind, that were sincere. And I realized, damn, it was the power of my thought. What you think becomes your reality. If you're constantly depressed, constantly a victim, constantly angry, all you're going to be able to see is everything that cosigns your emotions. You'll never be able to see nothing different because that's all you're feeding yourself. But if you're constantly feeding yourself positivity, saying that you're a victor of your life, saying that there's nothing you can't get through, saying replacing negative thoughts with positive ones, guess what? All you're going to see is the positive of life. Now, not all the time. You're going to see the bad in it as well, but you will have the tools to get through it. You will know how to self-correct yourself mentally to be able to give yourself the mental fortitude to overcome the situations that you're in or to extend grace or to extend forgiveness or to go through a very hard situation in which you are the victim of that situation, but to not attach yourself to that victimization, to come out a warrior and on top. That is the power of our thoughts. And... So often, right, we condemn ourselves with our thinking. So often we persecute ourselves with our thinking. So often we put roadblocks in our own way with our thinking. And biblically, when God burned that city down because of the evilness of their thoughts, how often are we burning ourselves down? How often are we destroying ourselves, our relationships, our life with the sin of our thoughts? And how many of us are unconscious to the power of our thoughts? How many of us are unconscious to the power of our mind? So it's something to think about. <laughs> it's something to think about. So this is what I challenge everybody listening today. I challenge you all to start really becoming aware of your thought process. And I'll give you guys a one-up, okay? This is what I do. I'm big on prayer. Anything that I need help in in my life and just praying for people and connections. I, I, I'm one of those prayers. I start praying. I pray for the world. It's just how I am. But one of the biggest things and the number one thing that I pray for every day, the moment that I wake up every day, I pray for discipline. Now, some might be like, well, why do you pray for discipline, Amy? I pray for discipline so that I may have discipline in my thoughts, discipline in my obedience to the Lord, 
discipline in my emotional regulation, discipline in my marriage, and discipline as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister. I pray for discipline because discipline is probably one of the hardest things for people to step into. It is so much more easier to say, I'm not going to work out today. I'm too tired. I'm not going to read the Bible today. I'm too busy. I'm not going to work things out with my partner because I'm still full of resentment. I pray that the Lord fills me with a disciplined spirit every single day so that when I have a moment where the kids are overwhelming me, I'm like, okay, Amy, be disciplined. Mama, you got this. You got it. Relax. Regulate yourself. Discipline that when me and my man are going through a rough patch in our relationship or in our marriage, my eyes don't wander no more. I don't want to see other men. I only want to see my man. Let me be disciplined in all the goodness of him, even though he's going through a wrong moment. Let me be disciplined as a wife and as a woman to this family that I am devoted to and invested in. Let me be disciplined with self. When I start getting those addictive thoughts trying to creep back in, right? Those depressive thoughts, anxiety thoughts trying to creep back in and make me feel inferior and make me have self-doubt. Let me be disciplined in my faith. Let me be disciplined in what I know how to do and how, how to heal and how to turn to God for him to lead me out. Let me be disciplined in it. Discipline is the number one thing I pray for every single day. And it really, it really does make a difference. When I tell y'all that the days that I haven't prayed for discipline and the days that I let myself be all wacky and I didn't read the Bible and I'm too busy cleaning the house and attending to the kids, the days that I don't stay disciplined, bro, be the worst days. But the days that I am disciplined, I feel like I can handle it all. All of a sudden, I got the patience for my kids. All of a sudden, my ego goes down in my relationship. All of a sudden, I feel in the word and anointed in what God wants to speak to me, speak and turn to you guys. I love discipline, and I encourage everybody to pray for it. Be disciplined in your thoughts. Be disciplined in your actions. Be disciplined in your heart. Be disciplined in your faith. That being said, you guys, this is the end of this podcast episode. I am so excited to get into the studio tonight so that I can start having hella guests on. I'm hella excited, guys. You guys have no freaking clue. Like, I have been thinking about all my guests, what we're going to talk about, all kinds of things that I could do, networking that I could do with this new position I'm going to be in, just the quality of the content I'm going to be able to bring you guys, bro. I'm stoked. I know y'all can see it. I'm fucking stoked. Anyways, y'all have a wonderful day. And remember, all love, always, always. (laughs) Bye, everyone.